Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Two Point Conversion, our Monday night pregame show here on the Going for Two Live Network. It's actually going to be our final episode since it is the last Monday night football of the regular season. Here we are in week 17. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Senra, and uh, I'd just like to keep in the same order, even if it doesn't follow the order on the screen. Joining me is Gladys. Hi. How are you doing, GLT? Uh, I have a new podcast chair, so my life is really good. My sister and my brother-in-law got it for me for Christmas, and I love shout it. Out to so shout out to TV and you know whatever her husband's name is. I, <laughs> I mean, his name is Lewis, but I don't know who his name is on social media. <laughs> I, I suppose Lewis is such a cool name; you don't need a nickname, right? Right, exactly. That's what it is. But um, actually, my sister put it together today. So, oh, damn, yeah, full right? service. You got You got to love that. You can't beat that. I well, speak, speaking of nicknames, I guess Dan, that's one of those names where you just can't resist putting nicknames, right? Whether it's Discord Dan. Swiss Miss, uh, baby. Yeah, Swiss Miss, the newest one, as uh, he's returned from Switzerland. Uh, did you have three overtime wins in the World Juniors like the Swiss? Oh, wait, yeah, I guess you're not a hockey player. You're soccer and rugby player. Never mind. Um, Thomas the Tank Engine, promo pimp. It's the B-League says. Well, I, feel like I feel like the nicknames tell a story throughout the year, so I like to... Let it go. I think it tells a story. This is where we've come. It's a big you trade. You should have hashtag New York Giants in playoffs, too. G-Man, Big Blue, giddy up, let's go. G-Man. Know it is. Yep, let's go. Just like the, the back row Giants yeah. show intro. Yeah. I love it. There we go. That was a long intro. That was a three-minute yeah, intro. <laughs> that was good. It's a long intro. I don't remember anything other than DeAndre Baker rants. <laughs> There's some good ones. There were some good ones, but it's okay. But hey, listen, Giants are in the playoffs. Fantasy football's come to an end, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Could be happier. It's great. It's all right. We could still get some pretty good prop bets on. So stick with me through the playoffs. Friday nights, 8 30, Bailey Pickham Show, Underdog Promo, GF 200% matching deposit up to 100 bucks. Cheers, no worries. Thank you, Underdog. Yeah, here's, here's that link right now. Uh, while you're looking at the screen and seeing that, you can also see the very handsome and well-dressed Dr. James Ferretti, author of the awesome and well-dressed book. Because it does look pretty sick. Like red, red, black, and white. You can't go wrong with that color combo. Injuries suck, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. This stream doesn't suck, and this doctor rocks. So how are you doing? The Fantasy Sports Doc, TFS Doc. Oh, how are you? Thank you. Thank you, guys, and thank you for that kind introduction. We made it. It's the final. So if you're watching this, that means either fantasy football still matters to you, uh, you're a total degenerate, or you love the show, or maybe some combination therein. We don't judge. Uh, but oh, welcome. Speaking and of thanks degenerates, for being here. Gator Chase here. <laughs> well, I'm not. To be fair, I, I, it's, it's a term of endearment in the know. fantasy community. It is hey, a term of endearment. Listen, rookie of the year, the Gator. Rookie of the year. He's Absolutely. coming out. Unanimous. Of the year. Unanimous. Yeah. That's our guy. He's all right. Unanimous, this kind of walk Unanimous talk. Uh, it's, it's, uh, first place votes, rookie of the year across the board. But, yeah, so shout out to Mason Dodd from the Fantasy Flock Network. Um, <laughs> he always dresses in a suit jacket and a collar <laughs> shirt. And I was like, I, you know what? I want to do that just once. So I figured it's 2023. It's a new year. So uh, he's a lot younger and better looking than I am. But uh, yep. I figured I'd give it a try. Anyway. So here we are. Doc, doc, doc's I don't know that, Doc. Doc's, doc's, doc's just on the other side of the, of the of the bridge there. He's just come back from Pacha, actually. So this is Doc <laughs> in his uh, rave attire. And uh, he's been tearing it up for three days since New Year's. So congratulations, Doc, for coming down. Welcome. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome. yeah right. <laughs> well, 
Gator is glad to see Doc, who is all that matters, apparently. Or you are what matters, not all that matters. Um, and then, uh, yes, Gladys. I think he, it, I think that's the degenerate talk in him. But, I'm uh, pretty yes. sure that is. Um, <laughs> Doc is what matters. Doc that is, true. is. Doc is what matters. And yeah, I'm totally with that, Gator J. Anyway. So who's still alive? Who's still alive out there in their in their finals? Is it wrapped up for you? Do you need something tonight? Let us know what you need, and we will try to put it out into the universe and and manifest it. Uh, Absolutely, anything yeah. you can do to help. <laughs> Keto DFS here. Tim Strobel saying Dgens unite. Yeah, there that's you go. We, <laughs> hey, every day on the Going for Two Live Network, there's a bunch of degenerates that get together. You can watch the stream. It's funny that we're talking DGENs because, uh, as you know, if you watched the streams earlier, I was in the uh, Letter Kenny division of Scott Fishbowl. Managed to finish in the top 100. So yeah, proud of myself. Baby. Yeah, congratulations never, on that. Never That's made the playoffs in Scott amazing. Fishbowl before after a couple of opportunities. So uh, definitely am glad I still, that I improved. Am I still in it? <laughs> no, it's over, Dan. Oh, okay. <laughs> congrats, to, congrats to the Armchair DFS guys. Hell of a year. Friday nights, 10.30 p.m. Yeah. Incredible, incredible uh year they've had the three of them. They've been pretty much on the mark most weeks. So hell of a hell of a year from the guys. Anyway, I just I just find it hilarious. Sorry, sorry. I'm on two. Still. I mean, uh zero Oh, no. I'm playing for third in a lot of leagues, though. I'm I'm going strong on that playing for third, baby. And it's still a good year. Any, any league where you make the playoffs, that's a good year because injuries happen, guys get benched because the games don't matter. Like There's a lot of variability and randomness that comes into play towards the end of the year. And yeah, but I don't know. I, I have it, you to alleviate some of that variability. You that's do. why you're that's, here. <laughs> yes, you, so tune yes, in every Monday. Do. Every Monday. That's why you're here. And you yes, did alleviate you some of it because I didn't play a couple the book, of times yeah. Which is why. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a tough uh, it's been a tough playoff. So I I will say that I, I feel like there's two types of fantasy players out there. There's a type that they just can't get enough fantasy football and they want the season to go on forever. And then there's players like me and Dan. It's a grind, and I'm ready for it. I like it's been great. It's been a, a strange and beautiful trip, but I'm ready for it to be over. Like this is it. I got. You're one grateful game that it's the season's dead. I and just wanted it. to end. I was like, I'm never doing Scott Fishbowl again because I got rid of MFL. <laughs> no, because I got rid of MFL. I'm like, I'm getting rid of my MFL leagues. I'm like, and then I'm, I mean, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And then like I had someone, <laughs> someone sent me a promo code for like all 22. You can get in, do a league. I'm like, I can't do this. No, I can't no, do this. I'm like, can't do it. I'm out. I'm about out. four <laughs> days before the season starts, I'm cramming a 52-round draft in. I'm like, what am I doing here? I just <laughs> need this now. I haven't looked at that league in about – since 22 round, weeks since round six at least i haven't looked i have no idea i don't whatever i can that one really so i just want this to end <laughs> i want it to finish the fantasy league needs to go all of it this uh week 17 tune in in august though we'll be back but yeah like, I, i'm with the well, doc like, just I, just i'm kind just of excited about off-season content because i'm kind of excited to see where all these um free agents are gonna land like that's always the because part. we're degenerates gladys that's why we're so excited. is that what it is okay fruitless and free agency Bravo. and Bravo draft. all that sort of stuff is like cool to take in casually but there's no great like repercussion of setting a lineup that sort of thing i could just waivers and commissioning I, things i can do without that yeah. for a while i'm, <laughs> I'm okay to not commission think, for a few more months i'm good, good. And i think that's a big 
you know, if you play Dynasty, I think that's the big. There's excitement for the offseason because you can make trades. Don't like you can be an active dynasty. playing Dynasty without setting lineups you in redraft. That, that doesn't still, really exist. You so can still like, keep your toe in. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where the whole idea of like having to set lineups, check injury reports, find things that you don't want to have to think about. Like I get to take a break, and I'm listen. Offseason best ball is going to be a bigger deal this year. Underdog took off. It's going to be a huge thing. You know, GF200% matching deposit up to 100 Yeah, so join up. Join up. We're going to do a lot of best ball drafts this offseason, but like just to, just to, just to calm down on the fantasy stuff for the year, it's great. It's calmed down. We can just enjoy playoff football, a few props here or there, and get on to 2023, I think. And this was a pretty cool year, to be fair, because we've had a few in flux from the COVID years and all that sort of stuff. So it's yeah. pretty cool to see how the NFL really should look and how fantasy should flow because – how about like at one point we were doing a show, the four of us. It's like a Tuesday afternoon. We're covering okay. the Steelers. We're covering that? the, we're covering the Steelers. Monday to Tuesday, and then they Steelers move it to Titans, Wednesday. Right? And we're, we're like, we're if somebody covering, else like, gets COVID, they're going to move it to Thursday. We're going to have a Monday night game. From we're covering week. a Monday night game and then a Tuesday game through through the day. Me and Kyle, I think, hopped on one, and then you're looking at that, and then it's just it was all over the place. And then if you're commissioning, how do we do substitutes and like having players just drop? I'm managing a league from all people on four different different countries, different time zones. They don't know when to set lineups. Oh, I'm, I just, yeah. I'm happy to see you just be what. Did you invite any of us in your league? I don't know. Uh, this, this is my B league, my friend. <laughs> I'm not saying, with you. He's like, I don't I'm really want to be in the A league. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't I'm want you in my league. I don't ever get an invite, but you know, no, 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 whatever, no. whatever. Dan. It's my dynasty. It's my home league. It's been going whatever. on. It's damn. We're your homers too, but that's okay, Dan. Just go ahead. Gladys would love it. It's like start 10 or 11. You lost me at Dynasty, buddy. You lost me at Dynasty. It's it's funny because my my whole point earlier talking about Letterkenny is that the new season of Letterkenny dropped and the season finale is called DGENs. So it's funny that in our season finale, the keyword today has been DGENs. But uh, Mm -hmm. just uh, talking Gator J to answer the earlier question, he's in two championships one dynasty, one redraft that are still oh, going okay. to it. So let us oh, know Gator Gator specifics, oh, Gator like how much Jay. you either oh, up Gator. or down by with players are left. Uh, and Gator J does have a question though. Why does Discord Dan love best ball? Because you don't have to think. I, I know, I'm, you know, there's strategy and all that sort of stuff, right? And, and we can get into a whole off season worth of strategy for best ball. But for the most part, it's very easy. You just don't, there's no repercussions for setting lineups, no waivers, no trades no nothing it's just draft the best team possible and see what happens and I, I like i like the casualness of it it's very it's great and look, there's so many things that happen throughout a year listen for the amount of people that were drafting you know uh, the san fran running backs for them to have end up trading like for christian mccaffrey and for mason to be the backup and no one else having anything to do with the miami dolphins running backs and the san fran running backs and that's everything that's completely like it's everything's out of your hands. The management is done. So it's just draft the best team you think possible, put some skill in, put some strategy in, keep up to news with the up to date with the news and go from there. There's really listen, at, at one point this year I was drafting from Mexico. It was great. I'm on a beach, I'm doing a best ball draft, a few margaritas, no dramas. You don't have to think about it. And it's it's just perfect in that regard. So I love it in that regard. Whereas if I if I did all these startup drafts and they were redraft or dynasty, I couldn't. I don't have that time management in me to care that much. So oh. best ball, I can do a hundred best ball leagues. Whatever, it's it's easy and it's fun and 
who cares? Mm. It's a couple bucks here or there. It's not like it's not, a 50, it's not a fifty. It's not a fifty or a hundred dollar deposit on a draft that might absolutely blow up, and then you're done in Dynasty for a year. Like just a couple bucks here or there, and you can throw it down, have some fun. It's great. And I guess so. Is that what the B League stands for? The best ball league? And I mean, clearly you're saying best ball is the best. No, it means second best, uh, okay. not, and not quite A. So, <laughs> but not C either. Best ball, I best ball pimp. Best ball baller. Best ball bro. B ball. B ball baller. somewhere Someone's already got those uh, those copyrights out there. Like fifty other manager has digs. Yeah, so that's looking pretty good. You should be right. Fifty point lead. I am in the same. He did do that last year though, Digs, didn't he? He had that like one game in the fantasy. I think that was two years ago, but yeah, it was it was the the. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I lost the final. No, it was his first year with Buffalo. I was I was up by I was up by seventy five. The guy had Allen and Digs, and I got done. So listen, yeah, think you're home until you're down three hundred. Yeah, So so I would say to Gator J is like you know you're probably you know. 50 points from Diggs is probably not happening, but it, it could still happen. The narcissist in me would be going, I'm going to bet on every Diggs prop over. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm winning somewhere or the other. I'm yeah. losing my fantasy. <laughs> I'm going to double down on like making my money back on his props. There you go. I'm winning something tonight, damn it. No, that's, that's it. I'd be... I'd rather win my points. fantasy league, but hey, listen, if he goes for two touchdowns and I put money on it, I'd pull up a oh. couple hundreds. No dramas. We're good. Okay. I need and, you to stop talking about Diggs making points because I need him to score less than 20 to win tonight. So, Gator, it seems like he successfully won his dynasty league. Uh, I, I, doubt, I doubt Jamar Chase is fumbling negative 30 times. Because yeah. <laughs> once you get to about seven or eight fumbles in the game, they'll just bend. <laughs> it's like, just take him out. Yeah. Congratulations on the dynasty championship, Gator J. Yeah, Gator J. It's, it's funny that we're talking about these players. So, in a salary cap contract league, and everyone who listens and all my co-hosts know how much I love those leagues, I lost in this final last year. And the team I lost in the final two last year were both in the finals again. So a great chance to get some revenge. Currently, <laughs> I'm up by 66 points. They have Allen and Diggs. Well, I've got Tyler <laughs> Boyd, so I can still continue to push. But it's okay. one of those where – the the projections say I'm 97% sure to win, but like, that's, yeah. I still don't feel safe. Like that's, that's at no point that it, while the game is going, am I going to feel like I've won until the final buzzers? Well, the final buzzer, baby. Luckily the world juniors are on tonight. So I can be distracted by that and not have to watch football go. and stress about it. So there we what go. Is football. Football. Juniors? Uh, Hockey. No, no, I'm out, but, uh, spies on. So I'm good. Well, the States, the States did uh, make it through. I think they destroyed Germany. So I mean, Kyle's Canadian, so hockey stuff is is very low hanging fruit for him. You know, movies, ho- movies, 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 movies. We're gonna watch hockey Black movies? Adam tonight. No, we're watching Black Adam. Oh, oh, movie. oh okay, you're gonna watch movies. I'm gonna say, yeah. uh, I do love the movie Goon. That's probably that's that's a good hockey movie. Um, that is a good movie. I don't think I've ever seen that. Is it a ho- is it a sports movie? Yeah. It's, it's a hockey movie. Yeah, I don't watch sports movie. movies. Sean, uh, Sean William Scott plays a goon. Stifler. Stifler is, uh, is the Stifler. main character. It's pretty great. I do like, I do like me some Stifler, though. But, I, I think yeah. he does well. It's, uh, I, I would say, again, back to Letterkenny. I think the best hockey show ever, though, is Shorzy. That's for sure. Letterkenny slash Shorzy. I watched Everyone. one season. I watched the first episode after you guys talked about that. I don't get it. Maybe because I don't sure. understand hockey. But I was like, what the fuck is happening here? On Leatherkenny, yeah, I. Just they're they're, like, they're a quick talking show. I was lost, and then maybe it's because yeah, the hockey stuff. I was like, it's not really that funny. 
I haven't, watched, I haven't watched any letter, Kenny. I only found out what it was this year when Kyle I know. I only found out what he said it was going to let it The only reason I know what it is is because it was Kyle's division in the Scotch Fish. That's it. That's it. There's one. Exactly. Exactly. What's it about, Kyle? Quickly give us an elevator pitch. So it's about small town problems. And small towns in southern Ontario, you basically get, well, we'll say four groups of people hicks slash farmers, hockey players, skids, and Christians. What are skids? What are skids? Uh, the guys that do a lot of drugs. Oh, oh gotcha. okay. 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 So it sounds like a uh, Canadian version of Trailer Park Boys? Well, uh, Trailer Park Boys seen. is Canadian. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Trailer Park Boys either. It's To be honest, it's way funnier than Trailer Park Boys. And I do enjoy Trailer Park Boys, but this is this is legit funny. Okay. But it's also my type of humor. Yeah. Alliterations are awesome. I know Discord Dan does appreciate a good alliterations, but uh, yeah. There we go. Promo Pimp agrees. So you mentioned that the first season, I, I find for almost every t- TV show, the first season is never the best. That's the, okay, okay we're, we're setting our groundwork uh, and then yeah. we evolve. Yeah. The second season will almost usually be the best. So I definitely I recommend Letterkenny season two, especially okay. season two cold open is incredible. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. I will watch the first of season two. But last night, Terry, what did we watch? Glass Onion? Glass <laughs> Dan Onion. show, right? Do you watch Glass Onion, Dan? He was talking about it last week. And we were making fun of him because he watches did, all these horrific shows and he s- finally pulled something that we had heard of. I didn't want to. I don't think you I didn't saw finish it. No. <laughs> what the? Dan! <laughs> Dan! Oh my God. Oh, you know what it is? It's one of those movies I said to my wife I'd watch with it. And I know if I watched the end, I'd feel bad for watching it without her. So I stopped. It's a marriage yeah. hack. If you're going to watch something without your partner, don't watch the end. Okay, yeah. I can respect yeah. that. But you know, you can actually look shocked. So I've, this is something I've been picking up. I've been married 10 years. I give you one of those things where I just, you know, if I watch the ending, then I, I have to watch the whole thing again. So I'll watch maybe 50% or something and be like, all right. And then that's it. I'll, and if I end up watching it with it later, great. If I don't, then I don't know what happened. So okay. I this is where that, I'm at. It's been a week and I haven't watched it. So eh, we'll see. I respect it. Yeah. Well, it's fantasy football championship weeks. There's, there's very important things happening this last week. So we, we, we feel you. Not if you're not in the championships. Yeah, sorry about that. For Which I'm not. <laughs> um, just to continue on to Gator Jay's question of these insane leads that still don't feel safe no matter how large they are. Uh, so for anyone paying attention this year, Jeff Lambert are going for two. I'm wearing all the going for two gear, but yeah, are going for two founder. Uh, he created a, a new format called Zombie Leagues. And I would say anyone, uh, formats that have existed in the past, Vampire Leagues and Guillotine Leagues. It almost combines the two. Uh, so Jeff played the role of the zombie in our league. I think uh, the second there was another zombie league Jeff made where Foss was the zombie. Um, everyone drafts except the zombie. So the, the zombies league is is made up of waiver wire players after the draft. And But if the zombie wins at any point in the year, whoever the, loses, they get to steal a player off them, and that player has, has that other manager has to drop every other starter in their lineup. Keep their bench players, but they become a zombie now too, and then the infestation happens. Uh, I think our league was a single quarterback or just, yeah, just one super flex spot in uh, the other league where Foss was the zombie. I think there was a, there was a QB spot and a super flex spot. And I think it took him forever to finally get a win. 
Jeff got a win week one. So it was complete chaos in this league. It turned out to the end where I was the only human left. Everyone else was a zombie. And I've made it all the way to the final. So go humans, I guess. Uh, against nice. Patient Zero, Jeff's super team, because as part of <laughs> being the first zombie, he's gotten the chance to steal the most players. So it goes from this, like, you know, waiver wire, uh, you know, group of players to what's his lineup? Eckler, Barkley, Jefferson, Chase, <laughs> Lamb, Kamara, and Joe Burrow to finish things off. Nice. Now, luckily, I've been I, I, since oh, I, wow. I didn't ever have to drop my starters as being the only human left. I was kind of able to accumulate you know, McCaffrey, <laughs> Waddle, AJ Brown, Josh Jacobs, Stefan Diggs. I think Diggs and McCaffrey I drafted along with Jalen Hurts, but almost every other player on my team has been someone I picked up. So I've been able to accumulate a good team too. Anyway, I'm up by, I think, 65 uh, with Stefan Diggs left. So it's funny, I got to go against him, but play here and here. But Jeff's got, again, that combo of Burrow, Chase, and then Dawson Knox <laughs> to throw in. So I've, I've got to play against an Allen Diggs stack, and I've got to play against a Burrow Chase stack. So tonight's going to wow. be fun. Yeah, you uh, need to watch watch the juniors because otherwise you'll be tilting all night long. Unfortunately, the, the junior game will be over before this game is. So <laughs> I have no choice. It's good. That that that's a fun one. I'm in one title game and it's all coming down to Monday night. I'm down five. I have um, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Devin Singletary, and the other guy has um, Allen, uh, James Cook, and T Higgins. So wow. anybody Ooh. anybody's guess who how that's gonna go. I suppose every time Allen throws to Diggs, you're probably getting more points than they are. So that's almost one of those where, like, they, they, they're yeah. banking on Allen just throwing as much away from, like you said, you have Gabe Davis, too. Yeah, so basically if he throws a touchdown to somebody other than those three guys, then I'm in big trouble. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's it's close. So it's it's basically, it's like, you know, I think they got it, like, 55 45 or something like that but you can't really that's another rant it was like you can't really trust those projections how many times have you seen oh you got a two percent chance of winning and then like the other team comes back and wins it's like it's based well, on I their mean, projections which are not yeah. it's not like nasa calculated them it's like it's some <laughs> asshole who's you know an intern at cbs who's like calculating the projections it's like how many times have you looked at that and you're like okay like this guy's not going to score nine points like where'd you get that from you know, I mean, like, if NASA calculated this, they still wouldn't be. We, we still wouldn't know what would happen because it's football. Like anything, yeah, exactly. Anything still, can we could account for every point. variable. And, and listen, Justin Jefferson best, can get one point. Yeah, the best, the best, <laughs> the best thing point, I saw this week. The best thing I saw about this this week about projections and all was on Sleeper. It was a. Uh, I'm hoping it was an intern from CBS that doesn't know shit. It said uh, Mike Evans was a risky flex play this week. So if you had a bench, <laughs> had a bench Mike Evans in your fantasy championship this week, uh, you'd be cooked. So you know. yeah, I mean, you, I, can you really fault anybody for that though? Like, I get it. Like he, I've been playing him the whole way, and I lost in the semifinals, and that's it. But it's like I feel like there's two camps. It's like if you wrote him this far, You're like why bench him, him now? And that's if not, like you should have been able to make it to the ago. finals in spite of his poor performance. Yeah. You could afford it. Like if you're going to bench him, like why bench him now? You should have benched him a month ago. Yeah, like, yeah, or, like why now? I was in discord and there was a question that was brought up. I feel like it was in the dynasty rewind Patreon. I'm pretty sure. And the question I was going to say, and, is it the going might have been one. It was one of the two. And it was, who do you play? I think Carl might have been going for two because I think you commented on this. It was, who do I play, Greg Dorch or Devontae Adams? Yeah, I saw that. And it was like, how do you how do you bench Devontae Adams for Greg Dorch this week? Like, for me, it's like, I can't even comprehend the idea of not playing Devontae Adams. Like, if the thing is, there's because no... Of the quarterbacks. Right, but like, 
if, if both scared. quarterbacks if both quarterbacks are scared shit because it's David Blow or Jared Stidham, then it comes down That's to the true. receiver. Yeah. And which receiver is better? Well, it's Devontae Adams. Why would you even contemplate? We overthink. I don't know how I feel about this Jared Stidham slander. <laughs> yeah, I think he's proof he's I definitely didn't... way better than David Blau. I didn't say he was better or worse. I, I I just said like if it comes down to like if both are backup quarterbacks and you have either Greg Dorch versus Devontae Adams, who are you going to take despite bad quarterback play or unknown quarterback play? Don't want to insult the Stidham stance. It's just one of those things where it's like, who would you take? And the answer is Adams 100% of the time. It shouldn't even be a question. If he got you there and Greg Dorch didn't, why are we even – we overthink things. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but it's football and anything can happen. I mean yeah, – any, Anything can happen. It's one of those things where the way that the way that I look at it – I don't know if this is going to be helpful to anybody out there, but it's like think about your outcome. So it's like, you know, you can have a good process – and a good outcome or a bad outcome and you have a bad process and a good outcome or a bad outcome so what do i feel about the process if i start greg dorch and he sucks and Devonte adams blows up and he's on my bench how am i going to feel about that versus if i start Devonte adams and he doesn't have a good game and dorch blows up on my bench which one of those can i live with more and i can live with starting Devonte adams he doesn't do well because oh well and dorch blows up on my bench i can live with that you reverse that that's something that would I, I would like contemplate never, quitting fantasy football if I lose the championship because you'd of that. Never play again. You'd bounce from everyone. Yeah, that's it. It's like you'd Bill Murray and Caddyshay. You quit. You quit the game. You know, like yeah. that would be it. Like that would be it. So it's like I, you know, those are the, the those are the ways that I kind of come to these decisions and be like, okay, when push comes to shove, I'm playing Devontae Adams no matter what. I don't care if he's facing the '85 Bears and Greg Dorch is going up against like Devry Tech, the junior varsity squad, like. I'm starting Devontae Adams because elite players play elite and Greg George is great. He got 10 targets this week. But he got four catches for 15 yards. That ain't gonna that ain't gonna cut the proverbial mustard. So nah. what can you live with? That's the that's oh, the end result. So he went full Justin Jefferson. That's what you mm-hmm. said. Well that no, four, four that's like four times as many catches as Jefferson. Yeah. But yeah, Caddyshack, uh, that's a great movie. It's a good movie. That is a great movie. No. Um and yeah, so I guess things we learned this year, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, Ooh, thank you, the, the chair user. bringer T is here in, in the chat, so we appreciate that, uh, Terry. Yeah, uh, glad to show it off the new, new uh, gift you, you gave her. She's uh, like right there. Yeah, She's sitting right there. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> That's why I guess, yeah, uh, yeah, install the chair and stuff. You wouldn't yeah. have time to leave. She had to be <laughs> before the big show. Uh, but yeah, so um, you know, you know, make time, you and your wife, and and so Dan taught it again. If you're gonna watch a show with your partner. You you can get ahead, but just don't go all the way. Don't finish it. Don't watch the last episode, or, or you right. know, keep, keep yourself before the big cliffhanger. Uh, best ball requires l- much less time investment because all you need is the time to draft, and then you you can forget it. You can you can do literally Anything over else. nine thousand best ball drafts in this off season. <laughs> I just needed a Dragon Ball Z reference for some reason, and then uh, start your studs. You know, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not on board with that one, but okay. Deposit match two, up to two out of three. I was out. Two out of three. Two out of amazing three. what happens when you sponsor. You talk about your sponsors. It's amazing. They start giving you I'm money back. I think, it's a, lesson for, I think I it's a lesson for all companies. You, you start talking Jeff, about them. Are you paying, it, are you paying attention, Jeff? Money. Just have some money. Have more money here. I'm going to throw the sponsor starts throwing money into your account. Just go do it. You talk about them. 100% matching deposit up to 100 bucks. The sponsor, the sponsor oh, will give you Jay. 
Happy, I mean, if, happy New Year, Jay. Yeah, I was going to get to that after uh, Dan's. I'm sorry. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out why he was calling Doc Jay. That's what I was. No, from Jay. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Jay Eubanks, uh, one of Gladys's co-hosts on the Two Point Conversion in the off season, uh, joining us here, saying hello, everyone. Happy New Year, nice. Kyle, Gladys, Big Doc Rams and Dan. Fan. How's that working out for you, Jay? Big Rams fan. Oh yeah. Hey, they won the title last year, so. There you go. You can't. Yeah. You What's the you rule? Like you can't complain for five years after you win. <laughs> Is that the rule? I think so. Or somebody <laughs> said that. They. I think it was related. You'll appreciate this, Gladys. It was in relation to Cordell Stewart. They said all you have to do, remember Slash? They said all you have to do is have one good year out of every five because once you have a good year, they'll spend four years waiting for you to have another one. <laughs> and so, that's and his that Slash. kind of his career arc, as I recall. That is Slash's career arc. Athlete. Didn't he bring them to a Super Bowl? If I'm not mistaken, I know they didn't. I don't think yeah, they won. I don't it, know but... if he played in the Super Bowl. They got. I maybe he did. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. I don't think did he played. He? he didn't play no. in the Super okay, Bowl. Okay, I know they, they were like a one five. I think the Steelers went to the Super Bowl in '95. I will. I don't know if he was there yet. Maybe he wasn't. But uh, uh, yeah, as Dan mentioned, the underdog Dallas, deposit match, and then they they played again when they played Seattle. Right? That was when. Uh, that was like oh, 2000. Yeah. And you see, Ben was that was a Ben win though. I'm pretty sure. So I was I flashed. Right. I think it was did, did they overlap? Oh, Ben. Oh, no. No, 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 I don't. I don't think so. They didn't overlap. I don't think. Yeah, so you might not have. Oh well. Uh, but yeah, if you don't be like Slash, try and be a winner and go on underdog, try and win. Whether it's prop bets, uh, you know, picking games. Right. The playoffs are coming. The NFL playoffs. Playoffs. Yes, playoffs. So uh, yeah, just in time for that. Again, I was join... excited because Green Bay might make it in. Might. I just love the NFL playoff. playoffs regardless. But yeah, that would really? that would be awesome. I don't think I'd love it if Steelers don't make it in. I'm, or I would love it if Jacksonville makes it in. Well, and one of the reasons I look forward to playoff football every year is the same thing. The fantasy season's done so we can be a lot less stressed about the outcomes and just yeah. actually watch and enjoy football games. Yeah. I did not enjoy much football this week. I watched a lot, but I was just stressing and, and like a nervous wreck the entire time. So I don't know that I necessarily enjoyed it that much, the actual watching. <laughs> I enjoyed the lead up to it and making the decisions and, and that stress it's at least okay, it's stress I can do something about when you're just sitting there watching, man, it's awful. So uh, I have a feeling that I'm not no taking stress. fantasy as seriously as you guys because it doesn't really No, it was like, fine. I, no, I, I you're just okay. not a, like you're I just not the type of person that gets stressed out by bullshit. Yeah, um, you should you, that's probably better for you, Gladys. Yeah, I, this I is a good okay. thing. Don't even, like, it's not that you're not taking it seriously. Like, you almost made the playoffs in our dynasty league. It's just you don't get <laughs> yeah. stressed over, you're gonna have over to pass stuff that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. You have to share <laughs> okay. some of that incense around Gladys, I think. They are the, the boys and Bobas. No. Are, sure are we sure that's incense? Gladys 100%. is in Colorado, after all. No, that's 100% incense. Don't answer that, Gladys. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm in Canada. You know how much I was smoking this weekend? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so not not hungover though. I was not a Super Bowl hangover like the Rams, as uh, Jay is pointing out. They're always concerned about Stafford's elbow, too much smoke yeah. there, and that was something right from the off season. So Doc, I don't know if this is something to transition to. Yeah, this this whole these elbow issues. It started to seem like really early in the off season, almost the you know Stafford having never won a playoff game before this year. It's like wow, actually playing on divisional weekend is weird. Wow, actually playing in the championship games where what I actually played in the Super Bowl and just his body just not used to that long run. Yeah. Are we expecting like is it is it 
accumulation of time to where Stafford will never be the same again, or the fact that he was shut down early this year, does that help his chances for next year to be healthier? Like, what, what do we know about Stafford? Well, I think it's this really is why Kyle is a professional. Yeah, absolutely. The host absolutely. with the most. Um, I was just inspired by Jay's comment, actually. So it's, it's, thanks, a, Jay. it's a really good question. And I think it's something yes. that bears watching going into next season because if it's something where this is when you get worried, when you have a player who either has some sort of procedure in order to fix something or they get a bunch of rest and they're like, rest is going to fix this. And then they come back the next year if they've rested for six months, seven months, whatever it is, or they had a procedure and they come back. And then once they start ramping up again, it's like, oh, my elbow's hurting again or whatever the thing is. It's like it surgery didn't fix it. The rest didn't fix it. That's when you get really, really worried. Um, so if Stafford comes back and he's, you know, just doing his normal thing, then it probably was just an accumulation, inflammation, and, and the time off, like, kind of fixed it. Because that's really what inflammation and tendonitis and all these things need. It needs rest. What's the one thing you can't do during the season is rest. Like, a bye week's not going to cut it. You need, like, weeks, months. Like you really need to just let it be, um, which is the same thing that we see in our normal lives. Like people that get carpal tunnel or they get wrist tendonitis from typing or, you know, sitting in a chair, hunch over a computer. It's like, oh, okay, I'll give it a couple of days. So you give it a couple of days and you start to feel better. And then you go right back to doing whatever it was. It started the pain in the first place. And guess what? It comes right back. So it's more than just a couple of days. It takes a really long time. So if wasn't Stafford hurt in season, Detroit, though? Isn't it chronic? What? Whatever's wrong with him, isn't it chronic? Wasn't he hurt in Detroit? I'm he sure he had, you know, I'm sure he had issues when he was in well, Detroit. Say, I remember it didn't manifest itself until now. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember hearing much about the elbow tendonitis in, in, with the Lions, but I definitely agree with you. There was the, the back concern the that was a big yes. issue. Yeah, yeah, stenosis or I mean, he's been around a while. He's been dealing with stuff for... Were we talking about stenosis? We were talking about stenosis, right? That's that's well, the thing that we were talking about last about. Spinal cord stenosis. That's what I, I don't mean. know if he has stenosis. He had a spinal cord contusion or bruise, but I don't know if it's related to stenosis or if it's just you don't have to have stenosis to have that happen. Yeah, I got you. And I so, think, Doc, would you draft Stafford next year? I I would be, you know, optimistic, but I okay. want to see, like, I would hold off on, you know, elevating him to the level that he was, like, say, coming into this year until we get more information that he has a decent offseason. He's able to throw, you know, in in the summer when they do the OTAs and things like that. Because if he doesn't, that's a huge red flag. And we didn't get that. And full disclosure, it's like I drafted Stafford in the Scott Fishbowl and then the report that he has tendonitis comes out like three days later. You know, it's very suboptimal. But had I known that, I would not have drafted him. I would have drafted okay. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, you know, somebody else in that area. Uh, but I wouldn't have taken Stafford because that's worrisome. And it turned out that it probably did have a lot to do, or at least something to do with why he didn't perform very well this year. If he's healed, I think he can rebound and go back to doing, you know, Matt Stafford things. But we still need to see like how it's going to be. We we now know he's got a he's, we now know he's got a run game waiting for him when he does come back because the guy that's come back from the Achilles it took him a lot longer than what we thought. Yeah. He came back early for the Super Bowl last year and then he did nothing all off season. And listen, he's probably been a revelation the last month of the year. Like yeah, that's a that's a dynamite transition. We were talking about like players to watch going into you know, next season. And, you know, you asked me before the show and I just kind of came up with a few guys off the top of my head. Like Stafford is a good one that I didn't think of, but I came up with four guys and Cam Akers was on the list. 
And it, it was like, this is somebody that going into this season, I was very, I was very bearish on because I was like this Achilles, like we've never seen this. And then halfway through the year when he almost like forced a trade, I was like, okay, like this guy, it's not looking good for him. Now things look a lot different. So now there's more hope that he might actually be able to, you know, come back and be productive. Um, so I'm really going to be interested to see like what he does next year, but I'm actually really encouraged about what we've seen from Cam Akers and the Rams over the last few weeks. Um, because if you waited that long to get the production from him, you know, kudos to you for riding it out. Um, but you know, he could really be somebody that gets back to, you know, high RB two, like low RB one level production next year. So if you, let's assume that, uh, Trey Lance has a job when he comes back from mm -hmm. his injury, Trey Lance or Kyler Murray, who do you think, who do you have more confidence in coming back from their injury next year? I actually have confidence in both of them. Um, yeah. I think the issue with Kyler Murray is going to be that it's going to be, um, you know, timing. they're going to, yeah, it's going to be timing. So, you know, nine, 10 months from when he got injured, which, totally. you know, if you do the math, like, you know, he may start on the pup, like he's going to be delayed. He's not going to be able to fully participate in OTAs and, and training camp. Most likely um, their coach over there is almost assuredly fired. Uh, the team is somewhat in shambles. Um, so what's that all going to look like? But as far as him being a player, like, I think he'll come back and, you know, he'll probably be slow to start. He may not run as much early on, but I think he'll come back and be Kyler Murray again. And Trey Lance, the real question mark with him is, and you guys tell me what you think on this. I think he'll be fine as far as his injury is concerned. The problem is with Trey Lance, as opposed to Kyler Murray, he's all potential and, the, the waters are very muddy there as far as quarterback. Like Jimmy G is still there, um, and he may be back before the season's over. Um, Brock Purdy has been playing really, really well. What are they going to do there? It, it was like they were ready to hand him the job. He gets hurt, and now I, I, I he might be he might be on the bench again. I'm I'm around with this one because I have okay. I dealt with enough. I, I Trey Lance thing. I'm all in on. I'm all in on Trey Lance. I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to be fantastic, and that's fine. I think Garoppolo, I don't think there's a chance in hell he comes back. This guy now can walk into free agency as one of – look, head-to-head, -head, Garoppolo versus Carr. Yeah, like, maybe Garoppolo. So you're talking about a guy who's going to have the pick of the teams that he can walk into next year that need one, Atlanta, Tampa next year. Vegas, if you want to, Jets, if you need to. He, he's, he can walk into any team he wants next year that needs a quarterback. He could go to the Giants and challenge Daniel Jones if he has to. Washington, Wentz won't be there. He could walk over there. It'll be the Colts. He could go to the Colts. He could go anywhere next year, Garoppolo, without yeah. having the restrictions of a contract holding him back like he had this year because he had the injury, obviously, in the offseason. That's why he didn't go anywhere, and he held them up for 25 mil. Stop Debo Samuel negotiations. It was a whole clusterfuck, right? So everything that and look, the, the landing spot for Garoppolo this year was perfect because of what ultimately happened. But you can't predict injuries from happening. What happened to Lance sucks. It was what it was. The whole idea that Brock Brock Purdy is going to take this kid's job. We all were saying this. Listen, let me let's go back a minute. When Jimmy Garoppolo got injured and Nick Mullins came in and ran around like he was Philip freaking uh, Rivers, everyone was sitting there going, "He's going to challenge." Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to a starting spot the next year. Get out of town. It ain't going to happen. He's going to walk in injury-free with a team without the whole conjecture of Garoppolo in the background working. 
to himself, Purdy will be a great backup for them. It's wonderful. It's a nice story. Anyone that thinks that I just, my mind is blown by the idea that this kid isn't going to walk into the starting spot. It's just, my mind is blown by the idea of that not happening. It's just ridiculous. Well, I, I just want to interject one thing. Oh, here we go. <laughs> As a Giants fan, I'm sure you remember Jeff Hostetler winning the Super Bowl against the Bills. And I actually then don't remember that. Displacing my mind isn't even here for that. And then displacing okay. Phil Sims the next year, which nobody yeah, believed could actually happen until Ray Hanley made it so. And it. he's not winning the Super Bowl. He's had a very good run against the Rams and the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Like Teams that are sub five hundred. He's and the Raiders. Good job. Sorry, I was like, gonna. He's he's had a pretty good run against some pretty shit opposition. Like it couldn't have worked out better for him to walk into a team with Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, and McCaffrey, and one of the best offensive lines in the league. I get it, but he's been able to walk away with this against some of the worst teams in the NFL. We well, I mean, you got you got to give him a little bit of credit. Any he's he can somebody that gives you a Ferrari. Anybody can drive it off a cliff, you know? It's like, you have your Ferrari on the road, you know? Like, you got to give him credit. I understand, but the idea that this guy is doing what Lance couldn't, I, it's the idea behind it is just mental. And, like, if, if we're all behind this, Shanahan can get anyone to do what he wants, then why can't he get Lance to do what he wants? And I don't think the we're all behind that idea. I, mean, I think Shanahan is behind that idea. Shanahan is behind the idea that he can get that it's his system. Shanahan's out there bombing p- picks on this guy. He's going to want to use him at some point. Yeah. Well, without question. Without it's going to happen. He wanted he wanted to drop all his money on Debo Samuel and George Kittle. He did it. He wanted to drop more picks on Christian McCaffrey. He did it. Like The idea that he's not going to be able to get Trey Lance fully healthy to do what he needs him to do, to run, a, run an RG3 type offense with those guys around him, come on. The, Brock Purdy, great. Fantastic. He's going to get found out very, very quickly against some very, very superior yeah, teams. You're probably right. It's like, League happen. gets more tape on him. Like, you know, it's it, it, it's it's good. It's good fodder for discussion. Um, it's, but it's you, make, you make a lot of really good points. And yeah. like I said, with Trey Lance, like, love the talent, love the potential. Excited to ramp it up well, again next year and, and see what happens. And if there's a, a buy, the buying price goes down because he didn't play this year, then I'm, I'm buying. You know, I'm all in. I would so I think with with the question that Gladys is asking of who we drafted and redraft Lance or Murray, whoever falls. I guess I think the only chance Purdy has to actually compete for that job is probably if he goes and wins the Super Bowl this year, right? If he goes and proves like something that they haven't done in a franchise in what like twenty seven years, I think he might get a legit shot at starting. But short of Purdy actually going and winning the Super Bowl, I agree with Dan. There's Listen, there's probably I, no way he gets a legit shot. I understand, to, to start he, I understand that he could because no one thought that Nick Foles could do this. So I understand the consequences behind, hey, listen, there's a backup coming into a great situation. They can go off and win it. Foles absolutely did it. So I know Purdy's set up to have a good run. Foles was also what? five or six year vet at that point. He, he had some Not like, a seventh round rookie. He had some tenure on him and you're going to come up against guys like the Eagles front. They're going to run him. The Cowboys, they're going to run at him. Like that's really going the to happen. Giants. I mean, hey, the, listen. The, waste, the waste basket of history is littered with starting quarterbacks who get displaced by young quarterbacks and win the Super Bowl. I mean, look at Tom Brady. I mean, it he happens. did it. Like, I, I understand. And I get it, but he's going to get pretty pretty. Yeah, he's like, well, it's never going to happen. It's like, well, yeah. it might happen. So it, it, assuming it doesn't happen, I think I agree. Like, I would think it would be Lance because, again, the uncertainty of 
knowing that Murray's going to start week one. If I've got to make that investment, especially really in, in either one QB, but certainly in a super flex league where it's so tough to get replacements. I mean, in a one QB league, sure. I'll take the upside shot at them and I could draft someone safer later to kind of cover for Murray early. But I guess the, the question doc with Lance is mm-hmm. he just had a recent surgery. Now he had his ankle surgery, I guess, whatever it was in September. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's had a recent surgery now to, I guess, yeah. remove some things. Yeah. It's pretty standard, and I, I that doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I think it's encouraging because they went in. Basically, it seems like they put some hardware in to kind of hold everything together and let it heal. So now that it's healed, they don't need the hardware anymore, so they just kind of went in and took it out. So whatever metal plates and screws and things that were kind of you know holding his ankle together, they said, okay, we don't need these anymore, so we're going to take them out. So that's good. Yeah. So right now, I'd probably again to answer Glad's question, I'd probably go Lance over Murray, but that's the. I think also the way to look at the last real big name quarterback that got injured and had a massive fantasy season was probably Joe Burrow a couple of years ago, right? They took him on that run towards the Super Bowl, but he also didn't kick off until halfway through the year. That's so true. That's, that's, a, a, that's a way to look at it. Like if, if you're going to try to find the value in the quarterbacks that could take off, obviously, I'd probably take the one that falls later, and that's probably Kyle Murray had the later injury, right? So we're probably. Are we yeah, going to say it, maybe it, Kyler Murray? But like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of drafting injured quarterbacks. No, I don't blame you. But all I'm like, saying is I whole, can't yeah. think of it right now and say, like, how's the market going to react to this? Like, again, because and, it's yeah, we're talking an about, ACL injury for a known commodity where we know off. that he's going to be back on a certain time frame versus somebody who will be back earlier but is an unknown commodity still. Here's so the I don't thing know how the fans. market's going to react. There's to too that. much. There's too much around the Cardinals at the moment to know what's going to happen. Everyone's talking about Kingsbury getting sacked. James Conner's probably out the door. You're talking about Rondale Moore's been a bust. They go. They just they discarded their last second round uh, wide receiver and Andy Zabilla mm-hmm. this year as well. Greg Dortch has been fine. Marquise Brown can't stay on the field. DeAndre Hopkins has been okay. So, like, they're fine, but, like, that yeah. team is in flux anyway. So, yeah, taking a risk on, on Kyler Murray uh, with a pretty pretty nasty injury for what he's built on doing. Like, like he had a touchdown this year where he covered 80 yards laterally. Like, yeah, that might, that might not happen straight away. So, you're looking at already diminishing a lot of his points of what he's known for straight off the bat, which is incredibly problematic. For me, like, with Murray, that's... Out of the two, I'd say I'd take the guy that's probably falling later, probably going to be Murray at this point. Hmm. But even still, like I'd want him to fall even a little bit more in redraft because I, I don't think I'd want parts of that in that regard. If if Stafford was Stafford's probably going to fall around the same spot as Murray, you'd think, right? I'd still be I'd imagine Stafford. I don't know. Later. I think it's going to be when you draft because it's yeah, like yeah, you know how the yeah. offseason is. It's like when redraft video like Kyler Murray doing yeah. like donut. We're probably not drafting till August, right? We're going to have to know. August. Yeah. You know Stafford in training camp at that but point. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I'd it's imagine Murray goes. Good fodder for discussion. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But I guess the one concern with Lance, I just, I just did just look it up because I was curious. He has thrown 132 pass attempts over the last three years. Like I know. It's the same as Jordan Love. Like, well, Jordan Love at some point's going I, I, to I hope it's not the same as Jordan Love. It's the same as Jordan Love. We shouldn't be drafting Trey Lance. Let's yeah. be real. I hope that Trey Lance is better than Jordan Love. Um, for the, Well, not so much for the Packers' sake, but for the 49ers' sake and all ours in stakes in fantasy. Um, 
well, actually, you know, and Jordan Love may not be the the Packers' problem next year anyway. But interesting because you know Jay's question here: Why don't the Commanders give Heineke a real shot? Because they want to win no. more than six games. <laughs> the, so, so I guess to my question is: Why don't they get Why don't they get quarterbacks that can actually win games? Then that's it. Like you're telling me that with those weapons, that Garoppolo or Carr isn't an instant upgrade. Straight off the bat, they are an instant upgrade right away. That's it. Like Heineke's been good in terms of managing what they've been able to do. But he's been very lockstep with just McLaurin. They've got other good players around that he hasn't really facilitated. They've won some good games. They also played the Giants twice. Like, this is sort of how it's happened. It's worked out for him in that regard. So Heineke's a very serviceable backup. I think he's good in that regard. Carson Wentz can go kick rocks. I think we've seen enough of him. What's he going to do? And then on his fourth team in four years, like, that's got to end. But Heineke's going to be good for them if he can stick about he might push a quarterback that comes in like a car or a Garoppolo, but do I want to see him start for them? Probably not. I don't think it's worth that. They have to be incredibly cash strapped for him to be considered at this point, in my opinion. They can't move on from Wentz's contract and they're forced to, okay, well, this is our QB room. Heineke, you know, full competition. Gonna, Heineke wins the job. They're going to want to keep guys like, they're going to want to pay guys like Theron Payne. Those are the guys that they're going to want to keep about. So I can see a world where, like, Heineke's there as a cheap alternative. Okay. I get it. But I, what, he's not going to get them any further than what they are. He's done very good this year for what it is. But that's that's it. They're a, a mediocre team that will win against some teams that are lower than them and the odd upset. That's it. I guess his best shot at starting is if they actually draft a rookie QB that they view as a, a project. Like if, if where they're drafting, maybe if Anthony Richardson falls to them and they may think, okay, he, we need him to kind of sit and like learn the NFL goal. game before starting. We'll throw Heineke out to the Wolves and he'll get the majority of the starts. If you're talking like a if you're talking like a Tannehill Willis situation, yeah, sure, why not? Why not? But oh yeah, I mean yeah, if they take a guy. Are they going to are they are they going to commit to him? No. Joshua Dobbs getting the start in week 18. And it must it's win awesome. Just, it's just throwing that out ever. there. Like, that's well, pretty I, I think that says everything we need to know about Malik Willis, right? This year it does, and it's been pretty bad. So, you know, all prospect growth isn't linear, but it definitely hasn't looked good up to this point. Like, I know that they're – it seems like the Titans have already moved on from him, though. Like, it seems like if they if they really believe in him – You'd give him every chance to go win these important football games. is like, such a what have you done for me lately yeah. sport. It's like it changes, you know, it changes with the tides, you know. It's like, you know, but I also think they, they spent Dobbs a third goes round down and, and craps right? the like bed, they, then Willis is going to be back in everybody's good graces. The Giants, all of a sudden it's about his potential. The Giants spent a third round pick on Davis Webb, Kyle. It doesn't mean anything. Well, th- that's what I'm saying. Like a third round pick isn't really that strong of an investment. That's that's not like right from the get go, that's saying we don't really believe in you because if they really believed in him. They Listen, wouldn't have let him fall to the third was, round. He, so, was being, he was being mocked to Detroit at pick three at one yeah, point. Yeah, two. What's the I, saying? I, it's like I, it only takes one person to reach, but it takes the whole league to, to have somebody drop. So it's yeah. like it wasn't Everyone, just them. It was everybody. Well, it, I think, yeah, the NFL is telling us something about Malik Willis. Is, the, the NFL told us what they thought about this year's quarterbacks, letting the they first did, quarterback They sure fall. did. They let, they let pick it four to pick 21 or something, right? Like that's, We're probably going to see four quarterbacks go ahead of before pick 21 this year, right? So yeah, no, it's going to be crazy. Gladys, I know we were talking about we were going to go later. We're not going to lose you at 8.15, are we? Eight, oh, 8.15, your time. Wait, what? Yeah, 8.15, my team? Sorry. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm, the game I'm, starts I'm, at 6.30 I'm a New York, New Jersey person. The world revolves around Eastern Standard Time for me. I apologize. <laughs> like, what is that? Uh, I, I should say 6.15. I, <laughs> I, I do believe the game will start at 6.30 Mountain Time. 
which is yes, our yeah, so so right. so I just want to make sure that you you don't have to cut out uh you know in the middle of the in the middle of the stream because well yeah and I think injury wise with these players that we're talking about is no there... I'm good all right awesome oh what's this uh Gladys preseason still happen. Super Bowl was the Lions. I remember that. The Lions are still alive. Could still happen. Yeah, they are, baby. They just have to upset the Packers and they make it to the playoffs. Well, that ain't settled with. You being upset, really? Is it? Wait, where's the game? Is it in Green Bay or in Detroit? It's in Green Bay. That's why Green Bay favorite. I think. Good times. Yeah. All right, you guys want to do? You want to do the last lightning round injury thing? I don't know if anybody still cares about injuries. I love it. Do it. We can do it. Do it. Off to you, Doc. Make it happen. So let's see. Let somebody time me. All right. So first and uh, starting off, Jalen Hurts, shoulder injury, uh, sternoclavicular joint injury. That's on the inside where the uh, where the collarbone meets the sternum here. Uh, so he missed weeks 16 and 17. Everything was looking hunky-dory. The Eagles just needed one win in order to lock up the top seed. Well, bad news. They still need that one win to lock up the top seed. So there's optimism that he actually is going to play now in week 18. And my guess is that he does. Um, I think if you're playing in week 18 and Jalen Hurts is playing, you play him, but just know that he is at risk for re-injury. 35 touchdowns in 14 games, averaging 29.6 points per game. That is amazing. I, I feel for anybody that lost him going into the playoffs. Injuries are just brutal in this game. Um, Tua Tungabailoa with his concussion. He's in the concussion protocol. No guarantees he's back for week 18 or the rest of the year. And then Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, his backup dislocated his pinky finger on his throwing hand, tackling someone after an interception, which literally is adding injury to insult. So it's very likely we're going to see Skylar Thompson under center in week 18 in a must-win game. Nick There's Foles, Luke Skywalker Nick, for you, Dan. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Luke Skywalker's Nick Foles, back. Nick, Nick Foley and Dynamite knocked out of the game uh, with his rib injury, bruise, break, or tear. It doesn't matter. They've already announced that uh, Sam Erlinger is going to get the start in week 18. Somebody just put the Colts and the quarterbacks on the Colts like out of everyone's misery. Like, <laughs> Only one game left. If we're <laughs> ready for the season to be over, you know that all the quarterbacks on that team are ready for the season to be over. Ryan Tannehill with his ankle injury, high ankle sprain, tightrope surgery, out for the remainder of the regular season, possibly for the rest of the year. Colt McCoy with his concussion. We talked about this before. His concussion symptoms. He looked like he was uh, going to be good. Concussion symptoms recurred. He was out again. Big question mark going into week 18. My guess is, since they're not playing for anything, they probably opt to hold them out. Uh, Lamar Jackson still dealing with the PCL sprain in his knee. The Ravens have clinched a playoff spot, and Lamar's been out since week 14. So they can't improve their position with a win this week, so I expect Lamar to get held out until the playoffs. Uh, moving on to getting held out getting held out to games matter, Derek Henry with his quote-unquote hip injury. I think this was a thinly-veiled way to hold out Henry until a week 18 showdown versus Jacksonville with a playoff berth on the line. Smart of them to do it. Hassan Haskins got the start, 12 carries, 40 yards, two catches, 13 yards, not too bad. Tony Pollard missed week 17 with a thigh injury. He's expected to practice this week, so that's encouraging. Let's see how that goes and make plans for week 18 based off of that. The aforementioned James Conner with his shin injury. X-rays are negative, and that actually means something since we're talking about the shin bone, the big bone that runs down your leg. Um, so it's not completely broken, but – He's not out of the woods yet because bone bruises don't show up on x-ray and they really hurt and are actually incomplete fractures or breaks or cracks in the bone. So be on the lookout if James Conner can't practice this week or if he goes for an MRI, who that would leave everybody with. AJ, 
who that would leave everybody with would be Corey Clement, Keontae Ingram, or Daryl Williams. If they take him off IR, do you even bother with his backfield? I would say you probably don't. Travis Homer with his ankle sprain, no practice leading up to being out for week 17. I don't think he's going to be a factor as long as Ken Walker and DJ Dallas are playing. Justin Jackson on the aforementioned Detroit Tigers hip injury. He was inactive week 17. So it didn't help him, but it seems that the Bears defense cures everything else with Detroit running backs because DeAndre Swift uh, only had five touches going into week 16, and he finally broke through. He had 15 touches in week 17, but he absolutely made the most of them. 11 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Four catches and 39 yards and another touchdown in the air. 27.7, count them, PPR points, helping some people that kept the faith uh, in DeAndre Swift. And Jamal Williams with his leg injury. He ended up playing, uh, touched the ball 23 times and went for 144 on the ground, 13 through the air, and that'll work just fine. Hats off to him for scoring 15 touchdowns on the year and leading lots of teams to fantasy championships. Still going. Marlon Mack with a hamstring injury, hurt in the first quarter, didn't return. Uh, Latavius Murray and Chase Edmonds split with uh, Latavius Murray getting more of the work. Marlon Mack's unlikely to play in Week 18, so I would expect similar usage from the other two for the people that need to know those type of things. Damian Harris with his thigh injury, missed weeks 13 through 16, was back in week 17, got 12 total touches, expect him to be utilized next week with Ramondre Stevenson as the Patriots try to beat the Bills and get into the playoffs. Uh, Let's see. DeAndre Hopkins, talk about giving up on uh, playing for Arizona. Injured his knee in practice on Friday, downgraded to out, severity of, of the nature and severity of the injury is uncertain. Arizona may, maybe even should, just opt to hold him out for the rest of the season. And we talked about Greg Dorch. He's definitely an interesting option, especially when Hopkins misses 10 targets this week, although he only caught four for 15 yards. Jacoby Myers reaggravated his shoulder injury, so it's not really clear what we're dealing with here, but he was productive. Six catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. He says he's fine, but watch the practice reports and see what he's doing there to gauge how to approach him in week 18. Sky Moore with a hand injury, severity unclear. Just watch practice reports and be on the lookout for updates. Tyler Lockett gets the toughest nails award for his finger injury. He broke his finger, had surgery, missed one week, came back, injured his leg in week 17, and came back from that. So Tyler Lockett, do not draft him at your own peril. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter what the offense looks like. All he did this year was go 80 catches, just under 1,000 yards, and eight touchdowns. That'll play just fine. Uh, keeping uh, the Seattle wide receivers going, Marquise Goodwin placed on IR, so he's donezo. Laquan Treadwell benefited from his absence, so to speak, uh, but not really a consideration unless Lockett or DK Metcalf miss. Debo I didn't Samuel. Even know Treadwell was on the Seahawks. Yeah, well, he he had he had a little bit of, of love uh, last week, and he got two catches this week. Um, so he would be the one to benefit if either of those guys missed. Debo Samuel missed weeks 15 through 17 with his ankle and knee injuries. Could practice more this week, but he's almost assuredly out for the rest of the fantasy season. So I don't see him playing until the playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be another like King Henry type deal uh, where they get him out there once the games really matter for them. Johnny Smith with a concussion. We know the deal. He's in the protocol. He was out week 17. Now he's week to week. So we'll see. Uh, Hunter Henry came back from his knee injury. So he played and did well in Johnny Smith's absence. Five catches on six targets for 52 yards. And see. You can tell this book. It, it, well, first off, it's amazing for all fantasy sports, but it's clearly written almost more from a baseball perspective than it is a football perspective since the doc did say the Detroit Tigers. Uh, did I? Oh my God. Wow. 
Uh, <laughs> sorry, Detroit. Baseball not here yet, Doc. I know we're, we're saying we're done the season. It's time for best ball. You can baseball, see where my mind is. That's like I got, I got four more hours of fantasy football, and then I'm switching to baseball. But I wanted, I appreciate the uh, the plug for the book. I also wanted to share um, that the audio book will be coming out in 2023. So for those of you that don't have time to read, you know, just think of it as like you listen to four or five podcasts, and it's not just gonna entertain you for that week it'll hopefully entertain and educate you for the rest of your fantasy career so look for that announcement on going for two and on my twitter page at tfs doc um audiobooks are the way of the future i probably listened to 50 audiobooks this year so uh really excited to get that off the ground and, and get that out to everybody so are you, um, is it your voice whose voice who's, who's i you? i'm gonna narrate it yes is you think that's a good idea i think it's yes. a great idea I, hire I hear your voice when i read it so it would just no, seem natural i think it's a great idea all right. Well, then there you go. So that's what we'll do. All right. And yeah, injuries matter and they play an even bigger role than I thought, but there's no reason to give up hope. I had a team that lost Lamar Jackson, Tony Pollard, Cooper Cup, and DeAndre Hopkins on one team and almost made the finals on that team. So the book shows you how to anticipate, plan, pivot, and recover when injuries strike. Obviously, I have a bias, but my lovely and esteemed co-hosts hopefully don't. Um, so if you don't listen to me, and see the value in it because I tell you, then at least listen to them and uh, all the other all the other people that have read it and reviewed it on Amazon. They love it, so um, hopefully it's something that can help you out too. We might be a little biased, to be fair, because we do like you, Doc. Um, no, I'm not biased. I didn't say I like you. <laughs> right, like fair it. enough. There you go. There's your unbiased opinion. There you go. Unbiased <laughs> opinion. In our unbiased opinion, you should use this to, uh, promo code GF2 if you want to get that again deposit match up to hundred dollars on Underdog. And talking about some underdog, whether it's game lines or prop bets, we're going to talk about that uh, to end, uh, well, as we do every episode here on the two-point conversion. So tonight's game, a big one for fantasy. We've already talked about some of the fantasy championship implications. Uh, serious playoff seeding implications. I mean, the, the Bills right now, they've got a tiebreaker against the Chiefs, but essentially the same record, I think. So, like, if if... I believe if the Bills lose this, they fall to the two seat. And, I mean, there's still a week to go next week to decide things. But if they want to be in that driver's seat for the one seat, they have to just win out. Because you can't – at this point, you can't bank on the Chiefs losing again uh, if you're the Bills. And if you're the Bengals, I don't think the one seat is alive, but they haven't clinched their division yet. So if they want to host a playoff game, and I know they play the Ravens next week, which I think will ultimately decide it. But I, I do think if the with the Ravens losing, the Bengals might be able to clinch the division tonight and just even yeah, forego next week. I think if they win, they clinch the division tonight because the Ravens lost last night. So both teams playing for a lot, even though you know Steelers. both these teams are clearly thinking Super Bowl. But yeah, it's uh yeah, the, the Steelers being still alive in the playoffs as well. Uh Doc, did I mishear you earlier and you said the Dolphins have nothing to play for? No. No, okay, that was a different team. The, the, the uh, I said the Cardinals have nothing. To play oh for. yes, yeah, clearly that, that's been a month. Very, the Dolphins are in a must-win next week, Sorry. so they have yes. a lot to play for. Yeah, because the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Patriots—they're all eight and eight, all fighting for that last playoff spot. So yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, Bills, uh, Bengals—it's a fifty-point-five uh, higher lower in terms of the underdog projection for this game uh, in terms of combined points, which I believe was the highest this week. Uh, actually, did. Uh, did Lions Bears make it higher? I think it was close. I think it might have been forty nine point five. I think this was the highest. I think, I think this one started at forty nine and a half, and the Lions and the and the Lions, Lions Bears started at fifty. So I think the Lions started higher, but this one has reached higher. Okay, that makes sense. 
Uh, where's my week 17 charts? Actually, the well, yeah, the uh, Bears Lions game started at 51 and a half. Yeah, while, so while you guys are, while you're looking at that, I just want to touch on three guys for today's game. Uh, sure. So Tyler Boyd's been dealing with that finger injury, kind of reaggravated it last week. Um, although it looks like he's going to be active. Uh, Hayden Hurst practiced fully this week, so he's also expected to be active, the tight end for the Bengals. And then Stephon Diggs was kind of dealing with some sort of mysterious illness later in the week. He popped up on the injury reports on Thursday, but then he practiced fully on Friday. And he's expected to play as well. I haven't heard. I haven't just checked. I haven't seen any announcements about anybody missing. Um, I think so those guys are all active. Boyd, Hurst, yeah. Diggs. Everyone's active and playing. Yeah. Any news on T. Higgins? <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I think so. It, it at least in relatively healthy final game here for championship. It doesn't seem like anyone's been out. There haven't been any like questions you've had to kind of like wait for monday to find out i think everything by this point has been resolved it dan i know dan put the tweets together it seems like with digs that we can speculate food poisoning like nothing more serious than that who knows yeah no we'll we'll probably never know that's okay but you can know what we decide to pick for tonight's games um so yeah so i think uh dan i didn't see yours but did all of us go higher than the 50.5 or are you going lower Oh no, I'm wait. I'm still thinking about it, mate. I've been all over this. I've, I've struggled. He's pull- pulling yeah. a Kyle. He's pulling. Well, he a got Kyle. his prop in. He got his prop in. So we'll give him. I got a prop in. I got that. I got that a while ago. But this one's like, it's actually bothered me. Listen, high high totals and home underdogs. Like it's that's normally my jam, right? But I'm. I'm <laughs> one those, that's one of those things that just bucket. Don't threaten him with a good time. Uh, yeah, but yeah all of us bad. did go higher, so all of us are kind of convinced that okay, this will be high scoring game, which is why you know Gladys is so nervous nursing a twenty point lead against Diggs. I'm nervous nursing sixty point <laughs> leads. Like it's anything can happen in this game. So I think all of us are thinking that both these offenses are so good that they will hit the higher. Right? Is that what everyone else was thinking too? That as much as there's talent on these defenses, these offenses just operate at such a high level that they won't be able to stop them. You can slow them down maybe, but I just pick, I picked lower. I think what is it week seventeen now? I think I picked lower like fourteen or fifteen times out of the. Uh, yeah, you have three hires all year. Okay, so there you go. And it's so been, I was it's like, funny. It's been two of the last three, like the last two. Yeah, weeks in a row. I was like, let's let's just you know, it's like two explosive teams. I'm hoping for a shootout. Let's just have some fun, you know. Like let's go higher. <laughs> Why not? Hi, Mister Scampers. Hi, Mister. Um, hi, so Jay. Now, now it's a podcast, Mister. Now Scampers. it's a party. Now it's a stream. <laughs> um, I pick higher, and I think I'm the only one that picked the Bengals too. I, I'm going to go with you there. I'm go, Gladys, I'm going to go with you. Bengals, and I'm going to go higher. All right, now it's a party. It's just well, I, can't, I, I just love a home underdog with a high total. I just I love it. So, whatever. Okay, so home underdog is Dan's reasoning. Gladys, I mean, do you think the Bengals will outright just win this game? Yeah, I would go money line. That's fine. okay. That's what you. That's fun. It's almost a pick them anyway. What is it? One and a half? Two and a half. I Two think. and a half. Two and a half now? Uh, yeah. Well, that's better for you, right? If it, you'd rather you'd rather have the Bengals at two and a half than one and a half. So yeah. with that logical reasoning, if you already think they're gonna win, it makes sense uh, to, like the bills to go money with line. You know what? Give me give me the bills. Give me the bills and under. <laughs> so <laughs> the exact opposite. Gotcha. Yeah. So Doc under. and I both picked the Bills. Um are we thinking, Doc, that just the Bills are the better team compared to the Bengals, and that's why they're road favorites? And we, you know, we buy into what the, the odds makers are saying with that. 
Yeah, I think it, the Bills are that team. It's like underestimate them at your own peril. Like they they still have a lot to play for, as you said. So you know that's not that the Bengals can't win the game. Um, it's just you know I could see the Bills winning a close one. Um, what are the, uh, I think I think they these are the kind of teams that they're going to have to beat, and if they're really serious about being Super Bowl contenders, like they're going to have to win these games. Uh, and the, the, only, the spread is not something that turns me off of it completely. Are the Ravens only one win off? I think so. That's wild. I can't so the Bengals, if they lose this week, it, the division might come down to next week, I believe. Ugh. I know that's crazy, isn't it? The Ravens have just been garbage. Like, well, I mean, I'm I'm a massive Jackson fan, but like they've been tough to watch. Like, well, that's true. To think that they're like a ten-win team and they're one off the the Bengals or something—that's just wild. What did that mean? Credit to, uh, credit to John Harbaugh and, and the rest of the the, the uh, staff out there for kind of holding it together with no wide receivers, an injured starting running back. Uh, when their quarterback goes down, I mean, they're they're holding it together with, uh, you know, bubble gum, scotch tape, and harsh language. So, you know, you, you really got to give them credit. I want to go back to our previous segment, Doc, real quick, because you just gave me an idea. Dobbins and his injury. We're yeah. talking about Cam Akers. If you could draft either one right now. Are you going Acres or Dobbins for next year? Obviously, again, by August we may know more information, but at this point, what we know now, who would be your choice between the two? That's a, it's a really good question. I, I think it's close, but I think I would go with Dobbins. Um, and it just comes down to being a little bit further removed from you know from his injuries and and dealing with an ACL, where we kind of understand the process of like what recovery looks like. And there's tons of players in the NFL who have come back from an ACL injury and been very productive and achieved their pre-injury level of functioning i think the the numbers are it's greater than uh you know 80 85 percent where they achieve their previous level of functioning achilles um, doesn't have that Achilles same achilles is, is you know it's essentially zero like cam Akers is the test case for this so um you know just based off of that and the proximity of the injury with two years removed versus one year removed i would i would take jk dobbins yeah, to, 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 well, scampers and tease comments together. Is it is it manic Monday or mocking Monday? Because we're getting yeah. Okay, you don't even want to know why she said manic Monday. It had nothing to do with football at all. It had to do oh. with the Bengals song. So we'll let that oh, one go. Oh, the Bengals, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the band, the Bengals, the Bengals, Bengals. Yeah, I told you, you didn't want to know, but you guys forced it upon me. Like, Susanna, like Susanna well, our video Hawk, killed the radio star. So what can we say? Yes, exactly, Susanna. Hawk. Right. Wow, I'm pretty sure. Nice. Nice stock. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm old, Gladys. So you know, you gotta, uh, yeah. But Susanna Hobbs, well, when he pulled out the Playgirl Playboy model, there you go. No comment. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so J.K. Dobbins, I think I would agree, but I think they'll be pretty close in drafts. Is there anyone that's going Acres over Dobbins? I think that would be in the same. They're going to be that third, fourth round turn to both of them. So there's a chance you could end up with both, right? <laughs> that's going to happen. That's true. They're going to be the dead zone. They're going to be the dead zone. Don't do it. He's Don't just a typical. These guys are typical dead zone running backs. Was it Josh Jacobs, a dead zone running back this year? And look at that. He's RB1. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. Guess who else was in the dead zone? Ezekiel Elliott. How did he do? Did pretty good, right? Everybody was shoveling dirt on him. I seem to remember somebody was like, oh, don't be so fast to discount Ezekiel. Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy, Doc. You're crazy. Don't do it. Don't drop anyone in the dead zone. Don't do it. Yeah. It's a dead zone. 
You can't draft anyone between round four and round 12. You don't do it. Just, 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 just do trade it. away all your picks. Just trade draft. away everyone. Don't do it. You can't draft anyone. No running backs. I'll be dead zone. Okay. You I can't do it. found out the answer of what happens to, to B-League like after we go off five minutes after we go off. <laughs> yeah, I know, now, right? we're passing now we're going in overtime and now we see what it's like. Well, it's funny. We haven't actually shared our prompts yet. Maybe we should do that. All the hours of study the data. You know what? We're going to call it the RB dead zone. Don't draft the Josh Jacobs. He's a bust. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. The RB dead zone. Like, like, just just draft good players. Like, Clyde Adams not a good player. Don't draft him. It's pretty easy. Josh Jacobs, pretty good player. Draft him. Like, it's not a dead zone thing. It's a fucking good player thing. Fucking draft good players. Draft good players. You learn it, folks. That's the truth. Pretty good players are bad. A dead zone thing. It's a good player thing. There you go. Here's my 4,000 word article on a dead zone running back. Don't draft him. Well, fuck. Like, what happens now? You're wrong. But I was right about the running back in the first round. Go fuck yourself. That's why. <laughs> wow. Well, not if you take Dalvin Cook in the first round. Uh, but anyway. Um... Wow. Yeah, he did all right. He did, but he and stayed healthy. He's I didn't okay now. Last so. month has not been great. But uh, anyway. Well, it's funny. We go back all the way to the start of the season. So, sorry, Dan, to bring up the bad memories of the Dalvin Cook not hitting his over on the carries that one week. But that same week, though, we did actually have the the Bills on. That was a, the doubleheader game. And in that Bills game, Doc and I both took Stefan Diggs higher than 72 and a half receiving yards. Well, guess what? Doubling down Doc Diggs. Uh, damn, I messed that up. Anyway, Doc went right back to that same prop. Uh, basically the same. 73 and a half receiving yard so one yard extra you're not scared of that extra yard doc no let's go stefan diggs let's go what, what, say how many, or lower? higher higher oh. let's go let's go stefan one time well, and uh Two gladys times, right, with a receiving prop as well uh jabbar chase this time six and a half receptions and you went oh, higher right. gladys. that's a that's a good one too that's that's a gimme. I, I actually, yeah, I think he's hit it. I think I remember looking eight games he's hit it that he's yeah. played in or something, yes. and three games he's played in he hasn't hit it. So and I think like one of those games was it when he got hurt, around when he got hurt. So yeah. So yeah. I hope um, that. I know I was looking in on actually some of the uh, rivals lines. Um, yeah, there's some and, good ones there. There's, there's it, like a whole minutes worth. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. It's just a wow. long video. Yeah. <laughs> Two that really stood out to me, though, was they had a running back versus a receiver with combined yards. And I yeah. thought that was interesting. Um, ultimately, I didn't go with either. I was tempted, though. I think it was Singletary. What was it? It was like plus 32 and a half total yards versus Chase. So giving like, you know, having to be within 33 yards of Jamar Chase's total yard output. Um, ultimately, and part of my reasoning for that was because in one score games this year, uh, just looking at Singletary's combined line for rushing and receiving yards, underdog has it at 58.5. He nine games this year, the bills have played a one score game. Six of those games that were one score Singletary hit the over. So only three, not. So that's ultimately why I was leaning that way with the rivals with chase, but then, you know, chase's ability to get an explosive game. I thought let's why bank on two things. Let's just bank on Singletary alone. So I went away from the rivals and just picked Singletary combined 58 and a half receiving and rushing yards higher oh nice hoping that if you know again the narrative if uh, expecting to be a one score game and i think it, it should trend it seems like singletary's done better in the games where okay when it's close whether they're winning or losing they want him out there whether it's running or, pa- or receiving the ball 
and they, they trust him more than they do other backs. If it's a blowout, then they'll throw in a lot more James Cook. So it seems like that trend, at least that's the trend I'm banking on. Uh, Dan, banking on Burrow. Steely yeah, Burrow. So what does really, Steely say about Burrow? <laughs> I really wish I thought, put more thought into this. Look, against elite, <laughs> against elite pass rushes, Joe Burrow's actually pretty nimble, nimble on the ground, but you, know, you look at like Pittsburgh, he's had over 20. Dallas, over 20. Uh, the last two times he's had over 20 rushing yards, it was Tennessee, Kansas. I actually went under 13 and a half. Um, look, Rousseau on one side, Oliver as well. I, I think they might get to him before he actually gets away. And look, this is probably the healthiest the team he's had in a while with Hurst back. Mixon's really firing as well. Chase and, and Higgins, they're all there as well. So how often he's going to have to get out of the pocket and scoot is another thing. Um, but I think they just might get to him before he gets away. So I'm going to go off that. But like, I'm looking at it now and I really should have looked the other way, but I'm going to stick to my guns and go borrow under 13 and a half rush yards. I just want to shout out, regardless of what happens, the winner this year for our prop picking. So we pick three times every week, the, uh, the teams, this, this picking against the spread, picking the game higher or lower, and then picking a prop doc right now currently sits at 31, 17 and three. Dan's in second place at 26, 21 and four. So even if Doc were to get zero right and Dan gets all three correct, uh, it's not enough to catch up. So Doc is the champ. Good job. He did, he, to be fair, he did hustle for a few of those results. I'm not going to lie to you. He, he went for some recalls. I nearly had Kyle uh, a few times on some confusion bets. So it's okay. Nearly had him. Nearly had him confused. And then Doc turns up on vacation from the Maldives to telling me we're wrong. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, it was, uh, I was like, I'm in the clear here. I'm not going to say anything, but no. Like, it's oh, all my fault, Jimmy. But it's funny that Doc kind of limped into it. You've gotten two props right over the last two weeks combined. Brutal. But, I was, but that's been just enough to clinch it for you, right? Like we like two, yeah. three weeks ago was basically the point where, okay, we need Doc to just go 0 for 9 over the next three weeks and like we have a chance to catch him. But no, it's you, you had such a good early season stretch and you never gave up the lead once, I, I think. you went, Just, just you enough started. to get across the finish line. It doesn't, like uh, one, of, one of our greatest American actors, Vin Diesel said in... Um, oh my God. Like, wait, wait what, are, what are those movies that, that he's in? Uh, Fast and Furious? Fast and Furious, thank you. It doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Great American actor. Okay, I think everyone can just forget Doc said that. And because he won, to send your money to the American Red Cross in honor of James Ferretti. That's right. That's we were playing. We were charity. playing for charity. We're so playing because for charity. I won, everybody's got to make it. Everybody on the panel's got to make a donation to the American, American Red. My Red. charity. I actually. Choice, what American was the Red agreed Cross. upon amount? I don't. I don't remember if we had an agreed upon <laughs> amount. Man, I, I got, we got to go back in the chat. I think maybe it was 25 bucks. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. Give whatever you're comfortable with. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm well, no, sure every, I mean, if Red everyone Cross, donates 25 bucks to the Red Cross, it's perfect. That'd be great. Um, I, I think if everybody donates something to the American Red Cross, they'll be very happy with that. But it was, it was my pleasure to take part in that and to beat you all so thoroughly. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I I'm think what, what I'm planning to do in a couple of weeks is there is a Monday night playoff game. So I think I'm going to, uh, part of one of the things I want to do is actually break down the individual results of the three, like who is better at picking the teams against the spread, who, uh, 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 you know, not just the overall record, but who is better, lower, higher, who is better on the prop. So is it, do you want to break really all that down? To be, can't you just look at it and <laughs> see that I was better than you at all? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's, that, do Fair we, enough. Do we got to like? Do we got to farm this out to like the FBI forensics unit? I feel like you could just. Who, look and, 
Like, so well, I think it, but, but I think it might also provide the hubris on this guy. I was thinking it might just provide some info for like the listeners. Okay, who was really good at the who? Who should we be listening to for props? Who should we be listening to for? Other things. Apparently, you should just listen to Doc, though. Like, I mean, that's what I, that, that would be my advice. I think, to me. <laughs> Don't I think no, I'm just that kidding. we should be listening to uh, Swiss Miss on Friday nights for that's Bob. Right. You should that's listen true. to the person who really knows what they're talking about. With his prop betting show. B-League. And then we should listen to Doc when he starts talking about people that have injuries and starts picking according to that because clearly that's what gave him the upper hand. Doc, that didn't it didn't hurt, and we should listen to Gladys whenever we start talking about the Beatles and Paul McCartney and fuck Paul McCartney. (laughs) Hey Jude. (laughs) Okay, that go ahead. (laughs) Well, that's almost the perfect way to end the podcast, isn't it? Uh, Wait, before before we end, unless you got a you got another promo you got to do. Well, I was going to say just like what Scampers is talking about that apparently oh, he, I was yeah. inspired him to take the Singletary. Uh, this one was interesting. Knox receptions versus Boyd. I think it's that is So it's literally <laughs> pick whoever you think will be the, the better one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like that. Oh, the we've been hacked. We've been hacked. The porn bots are here. <laughs> Someone really going to check Jeff Seymour. The showing up. All right. Someone going to check Jeff Seymour. What's he turning up to? Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Peyton Hurst back, Trent and muddling the waters. I think that's to, to talk about like why he doesn't believe in Boyd as much. Jeff, why? yeah, well, Bert, <laughs> Boyd still has the finger thing, he's going to be really tough to trust because he could re injure it and go out at any time, or they could go away from him because they want to kind of have him out there as a decoy, but still give him the opportunity to go out there and um and rest up for the playoffs by not like focusing on him as much. Um, but you know they want to win this game, so like you know he's if he's out there, you know I expect him to be productive. But he could still re-injure and, and be out, so that adds you know that muddies the waters as well. And then all you need is if he gets hurt and he has zero catches, all you need is Knox get one reception. There you go. Uh, so yeah, and Knox has been playing has been playing really really well. So you know that's I, I like that one. I, I I'll like, be honest. Uh, I, I guess like if you Knox. want to get this rival in within two minutes, the rival that I was interested in was actually T Higgins versus Knox in receiving yards, but it was going to be like Higgins minus 34 and a half. And my thinking is Knox's big games. I mean, he's had one game at I think 90 yards and then the next, the thing next highest like 60, whereas Higgins multiple games above a hundred. So if they both blow up Higgins should cover that. Like if they both put up their max potential, Higgins should cover that 34 and a half receiving yards spread easily, but it's, do they both hit their ceilings is, is the question. So, um, uh, and I guess the one last thing I want to end with, this was interesting, was, you know, the, we had 11 teams twice this year on the show. Uh, Bills are one of them. Broncos, unfortunately. Rams, unfortunately. Saints, unfortunately. Patriots. The Cardinals. But then we also got the Bengals twice, the Eagles twice, the 49ers twice, the Chargers twice. Oh, we got the Colts twice. That's Maybe that's more in the less desirable. We had seven teams that we didn't talk about at all this year. Seven teams uh, that weren't oh, featured at all on Monday Night I tried this. I tried this before. I can't do it again. Yeah, I got, I got I, you guys to guess. I got close. I can't remember. Well, we avoided the Texans. The Texans never played on Monday, so they were the oh, worst team yeah. in the league this year, so I oh. guess blessing for us. Um, Atlanta, Carolina. But then we also we missed on some – I was, I was going to say explosive offenses. I guess if Mike White's playing, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Lions. So we missed on some good teams. But, again, we, we avoided the Texans. That might be the – 
the biggest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scampers guessed at Jags Panthers. That two teams nice. we never covered once. So that's that's Mr. Impressive. Scampers paying attention. Mr. Scampers is on it. Um, uh, but yes, uh, I appreciate everyone who's kind of tuned into us, watched us, whether it's live or after the fact, or listened to the podcast all year long. Uh, super great, super appreciative. Glad that I could be here with all three of my co-hosts uh, to end our season here. So we'll go around and just uh, you know share final messages. So uh, Gladys, did you want to go first? Or did yeah, you want to course. go last? I, I don't care. I can go first or last. Whatever you, whatever, Kyle, you're the host. Whatever you prefer. Well, go ahead, Gladys. Um, so I am most grateful for you three keeping, you know, me kind of sane on Monday and helping me out on the questions that I ask in our chat that have nothing to do with anything we do on Monday, that you guys are always attentive and always helping me. I appreciate you guys more than you know, more than you know. I appreciate the people that listen, come in every week, ask questions. Um, Gator, Mr. Scampers, TV, who knows nothing about football, but- But she's willing, here. But she's here, willing Thank to put turn. in her manic Monday for the Bengals. And then, um, but most of all, I, I honestly really just appreciate being here. You know what I mean? Just being here. Just being able to take a breath each and every day. And then on Mondays, I get to come in and have an hour, listen to all of you beautiful three men. And you guys are most giving. And I really, really am grateful for all three of you. Oh, thanks, Gladys. Thanks Glad so much, Gladys. Every week. Dan, how about you? Anything you want to say or do you want to rant? Final rant time. I mean, as well. Who wants to actually watch this football game? Right. right. Listen, I'm appreciative of the three of you for putting out with my BS for 17 (laughs) weeks of the year. Let's face it. B-League Swiss? Is that what that stands for? uh, Listen, there's a lot of BS that comes with this young lad, but that's okay. Look, I think I should give a shout out to our fearless leader, Jeff, for finally hooking us up with us sponsor that actually gives back <laughs> to us like underdog promo code gf 200 made deposit up to 100 bucks because without our sponsor shows like this in mind finally after five years you gave me my own freaking show that's okay <laughs> it's not like we've been crawling for that for a while he made me write five thousand words a week for the past six years no dramas but i think i think i think it's one of those things where we can also say congratulations to the new york giants for being the worst eight seven and one team in the nfl <laughs> very good no worries but <laughs> In all fairness, I think thank you to everyone that tunes in and then puts in even a comment here or there that gives us five minutes of your time or an hour, doesn't matter, and uh, just comes along for the ride. It's a bit of fun. We do something a little bit different. Obviously, we have the doc, and that's a different element to every show that Going for Two has. But That's the best element of every show. Listen, I can't think of another company that has a more diverse group of people Monday to Sunday. It's yeah. an incredible life that we have, and... The growth that we have in all fairness, I'll bring it back around full circle, is down to Jeff doing his homework and finding the right people to come into company and and do what's good for us and move us forward each and every week because it can't be easy. It, it really can't be. And, you know, obviously we've made a big jump in a Discord and obviously we had some mad success with that this year. And YouTube with Twitter going out the down the plunger, like, you know, YouTube's been... Subscribe to going for two live YouTube channel. Yeah, hit the subscribe. All off yeah, season, we're going to be having that's it. Like, we've we've had an incredible year. I think I don't remember. I think I, I believe I'm our 
maybe Gerson or Ryan, but I'm our longest tenured guy. And I don't believe we've had a year as successful or fruitful as this one. And there is one guy that, you know, all fairness, Jeff cops a lot of shit from everyone, but, you know. <laughs> sure about that. It's just from you. And by yeah. everyone, I think you mean. Like, oh, no, I don't want to get roped into that. I, no, I no, no, no. Exactly. I'll bring us all I'm in a, on this. I'm a good boy. Course, we're all at fault. We're all culpable. Thanks, Dan. I just asked the questions that everybody wants to ask. But I think, I think, collecti- <laughs> I think collectively, collectively, I think he's been able to turn that into gold this year. He's had an incredible year. And I think we've had success all around, whether it's the guys in Scott Fishbowl. We had an incredible showing in that or the best ball guys, or the betting guys, or DFS. you know, just DFS guys. Like I think had, they're, I think they're doing some postseason uh, DFS as well. Gerson, we've had, I think we have, do wild card. We have had some stupid success across the board. I think on an individual level and a collective level, and you know, if this continues, like I say it every week, the speak on it guys are probably my favorite show of all the podcast. They're just funny as hell. They're fantastic. That yeah. show is ridiculous and what they've been able to do this year. And they'll be on tomorrow night. So watch right. We hit, what, 300 episodes of the Armchair Show, right? That's an incredible master. 900 episodes total this year. Like, for it's an incredible company. Like, I don't think they've got the respect it deserves yet. But it's coming. We're doing everything and going forward. And another big off-season from people like Kyle and Gladys doing their off-season work. It's just another step in the right direction for a group like this. It's it's really good. And I have a new chair to do it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad it's for you. And again, uh, I think part of that success is, again, everyone watching, tuning in. So just want to quickly shout out everyone who's watched tonight. So we got Gator, Scampers, T, of course, helping Gladys on out with the chair, but uh, providing the, the comments and the support. Jay, former Going For Two family member, he hopped back in today. So appreciate that, Jay. Jay and I were actually in the Pros With Joes together. So uh, he was a good co-manager. Appreciated that. Uh, Doc's team was better though. Him and Stefania Bell, but the doctors that's, are the uh, doctors. That's that's G G Man J. You and uh, G Man J teamed up. Uh, Tim was in here tonight too. So yeah, shout out to everyone. But uh, Doc, I'll let you uh, doctor up your final uh, doctorate. Yeah, it won't take that uh, long. I don't think. Last episode. Yeah. So a few gratitudes. Uh, grateful for health. Number one, they say if you don't have health, you don't have everything. Obviously, I'm a doctor. I have a bias, but I really believe that. <laughs> Um, grateful for opportunity. Grateful for the opportunity to get into the Scott Fishbowl. So hashtag thank you, Jeff. Um, grateful for the opportunity to play uh, in the Pros with Joe's League that Kyle was just referring to with uh, one of the people that I respect and admire tremendously um, in the industry, Stefania Bell, someone that I really looked up to. It was just a ton of fun to not only play on the same team but to and, and run the team together, but to make the playoffs um, was tremendous. Shout out to Eric Romoff for setting up. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Eric Romoff for running a great charity league. I mean, the league is tremendous. Um, shout out for uh, everyone here at Going for Two, being having the opportunity to work here and work with so many wonderful people. Um, and for you out there, the audience, like we don't exist without you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, you know taking part in this and dialoguing with us and telling you what you need and and for being there and for letting us talk to you every week and you could do anything you want with your time and you choose to spend it with us. And we really appreciate it. Um, grateful for making new friends and growing closer with the ones I already have and grateful for my co-hosts for allowing <laughs> me to fun. join their reindeer games two and a half years ago. And it's been fulfilling, enlightening and so much fun. So I hope everybody out there has gotten value from the show and from the injury analysis that I try to bring every week, try to keep it entertaining, but try to educate as well. 
So I'm wishing everyone here on this panel at Going For Two and out there in the audience a wonderful, happy, healthy, and prosperous 2023. And for those of you out there in the finals, good luck. And hopefully you take home those championships because that's really what it's all about. So that's it. What happened? Yeah, Ty- Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd touchdown. Guy averages seven targets a game against <laughs> Tyler. Ty- Tyler Boyd averages seven targets a game against the Bills. So no problem. Oh no! I had Jamar Chase first time touchdown. Fuck. So now the team that has Allen and Diggs chasing me now has to score a hundred and or sorry, not <laughs> that would be nice. Seventy-five points. Okay, perfect. Good job, you Tyler go. Boyd. There you go. That there might be the, the nail in the proverbial coffin. <laughs> to be fair i won't even blame you scampers let's just blame dawson knox and to be fair i mean it's, it's a touchdown but it's only one catch i mean knox could come back and you know put up two three catches and he wins he's the prop right so that's one that's not that's over till it's spirit. over so um that's the yeah. spirit oh he's saying good job all but i will yeah echo what Take everyone said time. great job my three amazing co-hosts uh you can follow us all on twitter gladys is at gladys l tyler dan's at the b league says Doc is at TFS Doc, which stands for the Fantasy Sports Doc. And I'm at Senra Says. Uh, I would say, as always, join us next week. But there is nothing next week. Like I said, I think two weeks from now, which will be January 16th, there'll be a Monday night football game. So I I think we're potentially planning a pregame show like we do Mondays here. But, uh, yeah, the offseason programming awaits us here on the Going for Two Live Network. So, again, subscribe on YouTube. Join our Discord because that's not stopping. Uh, You know, tons of people joined us before the season and that they'll – Continue to get great content all throughout the offseason. So on behalf of the Doc, of the B-League's uh, Swiss Miss Thomas Tank Engine promo pimp, Dan says B-League guy, dude, bro, yo, uh, in the book, of course. And Gladys, <laughs> best to say the best for last. Had to say the best for last, right? It's it's Dan, then the book, then Gladys. That's, that's in terms of, <laughs> sorry, Dan. You, you, your Giants made the playoffs, so you, you, you've got all that. I'm 8-7-1. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, there are hot happy girls New Year, here, everyone. and Zach was not disappointed. Yes, my, my nice hot girl beard. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and that, that, that means the show's off the rails. So we're going to end, folks. Yeah. Again, on behalf of Doc, Dan, Gladys, I'm Kyle. Sandra says... Happy New Year's, everybody. Yeah. Have a good happy one. Happy New Year. Be yourselves. Don't make any stupid don't resolutions. Listen, don't listen yeah. to zero. Don't listen to Dead Zone RB truthers. Never listen to them again. Never. <laughs> the, the Dead Zone doesn't exist. We're all dead inside. <laughs> Bye, guys. That's the best way to kill the stream. Let's do it. See, See you. Bye, Thank you all.